before you lead people, you have to lead yourself. Yes. And because that was the first person before I led anybody else, I just practiced on me. Mm. I practiced on me. And then I practiced in my family. And then I practiced in my community and at my church and all the places where other people were. Yeah. And then I practiced it as I tried to build a business. And so that is what I want to share with people is that anybody can do that. Whether you're the CEO in the C-suite of a big fancy high rise, or you're just getting started, or you have a dream to get started. Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredipaul.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul.org, and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredible Shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredible look. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferranbi. I'm Paul Ferrandi, and welcome to the Incredible Paul Podcast, where we learn to become the best versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have the honor of having a speaker, trainer, author, and overall lover of life, Tracy Morrow, on the podcast. Trace, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, well, I am so honored and excited to be here. Like I told you before we even started recording, Paul, I was like so excited for this because any, yes. every time I'm around you, like sunlight comes out of your smile <laughs> and your face. So Thank it's you. always fun when you can get with somebody and spend a little time with somebody who is just a ray, ray of sunshine. So thank you for having me. Um, sure. I am a mom of six and I've been married for 32 and counting years to my awesome. husband, Casey. And we have a grandson who is about to turn two and a granddaughter who is on the way, who will be here in a couple months. And I, um, I just love people and love cultivating relationships. And that really is what I really have worked so hard to do, not only in my own life, but in the life of my business and in my ministry. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but that has been my number one goal is just to make relationships number one for me. That's amazing. And it really shows in in everything you do, whether it's stuff you do with the John Maxwell team and stuff you do on your own with your own business. And I, I know we're going to get into to all of this and hopefully it's not going to become like a two hour podcast, <laughs> but we'll, we'll try again as much as much as we can. But how about you, you talk a little bit about, I know you talked about um, the different ways that you help people with just developing relationships. Like, um, like I know there's a, a lot of different facets to your, your business. Is there anything that's your favorite or how did all of that get started? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, is there anything my favorite? You know, I think I'll start out by saying that when I say relationships are important to me, the favorite thing about it was when I first started learning from John Maxwell, I was 21 years old and I was naturally 
good with people, but I didn't necessarily love people. People, mm. there was a rub for me. People could get on my nerves really easily. Or, mm. I mean, I think we can all relate to that yeah, where exactly. you can care about people, but really quickly, I just had a spirit as a, as a younger person that just things irritated me a little bit mm. more. I wasn't as patient. Um, and so I think what I really loved is that you really, if you are intentional to grow, what mm. I found from learning from John and really digging into myself yeah. is people won't change, but I can change. I can mm. work on myself. Yes. And the more I work on me, the more grace I can show towards other people. Wow. The more I open myself up to let God change my heart because I'm a person mm. of faith, yes. then the more my lens changes and, and really it's like, it truly is like putting on a different lens. And once mm. you see through that lens, then you can't unsee it. Like you yeah. just have a different view of things. And I think that was the most exciting thing for me that I could plug into every aspect of my life. Does it mean that people don't get on my nerves at times? Or of course I have six kids and I've been married for forever. <laughs> do do I get on my own nerves? <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> But I, what I've learned is like, it's just humanity and humanity is going to rub up against humanity. But I, I really can look at a person and see the person beyond the behavior that might be annoying and just wow. see the value of the person. And that's the most exciting piece of it is, is learning that the more I grow, the more, the bigger my heart can grow towards loving people and mm. accepting people. And that is inspiring because it's exhausting to be annoyed. It's exhausting mm. to be frustrated. Yes. And so the more I plug that in, whether that was raising up my kids or getting involved in my community or starting mm. a business, um, I could practice that because people are everywhere. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Like 8 billion people now, right? <laughs> That's insane. Yes. That's a lot of people. So anyway, that is probably, that's probably my favorite thing. And then I just, for me, I, I am drawn to people. Um, I'm an, I would say I'm an introverted, I'm an extroverted introvert. So oh, wow. I do recharge by myself. I like mm. alone time. I like to be in a quiet space. Even like when we gather together at Maxwell events, those yeah. big events, or if yes. I'm with my, my company, I like to pull back and go back to my hotel room just to be in a quiet space yes. and just be, be in quiet for a little bit and just be in my head and have that, just that quiet moment for a second. And mm -hmm. then I want to enter right back out. Like I'm drawn back to the people, but I mm. do need to pull back a little bit just to recharge and refuel a little bit before I head back in. Cause it, it can, can be you know, I guess give so much of myself and I, and I get so involved emotionally with people that it, it, it mm. can be a little bit of a drain. So yeah, anyway. wow. uh, that's powerful. Did you always really connect with being an extroverted introvert or did that kind of like develop through your, your business and things that you did? Well, I'm a mem I'm a, I'm from a big family. Like my family of origin was a big family. I'm one mm. of five kids. I'm number four mm. out of five. So by the time I came on the scene, there was already a lot of kids in the family. Yeah. And then I have a brother after me and then I have a lot of cousins. And so I feel like people were just everywhere I went. I was always around people. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? 
or maybe you just feel a little bit stuck, then coaching may be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship that's totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life, want to start seeing results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to paulferrandby.com or at I am Incredible on all my socials. Click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the best version of yourself. And so I feel, I think when from the time I was really young, I found pretty quickly that people would tell me wherever I would go, people, I would just connect with someone and someone would tell me their life story. And my mom, from the time I was a young person would say, Tracy, people always tell you their story. Have you ever noticed wow. that? Like pe- wherever you go, people tell you their story. Wow. And, um, and so when someone highlights something to you, you start to mm. pay attention to it. Yes. And so I intuitively thought, well, I want to get better with people. Now, mm. how I thought that, I don't know. I just mm. thought if I'm good with people, then I want to get better with people because mm. I wasn't great at math. I wasn't great at history. I felt like school got in the way of my social life. And so <clears throat> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I say that kind of jokingly, but it's also really true. Like I just wanted to be out with my friends, which what, mm-hmm. what teenager doesn't let's be yeah, honest. All right. <laughs> but, um, so when I, by the time I was 21, that's still pretty young is when I found out about John Maxwell. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, if I'm going to own, I thought I was going to own like a hair salon. Cause I was in hair school at the time. Yeah. So I thought I'm, I'm going to learn about business. And yeah. so what I started learning from John is about how to get better with people, how to have better relationships. And then I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So what I'm hearing him say is there are a lot of other things that you can hire to staff your weaknesses in the area that I wasn't going to be good at Mm -hmm. in business. So I don't have to learn everything, but if I can learn to really get good at valuing people and connecting with people. And so I, it's kind of this progression where I was naturally drawn to people. I was good with people. I could tell I needed to grow in the area and by the time I was 21, someone had already introduced me to who I believe for people, if they are listening or watching your podcast, if they've not heard of John Maxwell, um, he is really his greatest gifts. He talks about leadership, but his greatest gift is he is a connector. He mm. can make you feel like you're the only person in the world and that he cares so much about you. Wow. And that's amazing. I mean, don't you feel that when he's on a stage or even when you're reading his book, you feel like he's not trying to impress you about what he knows. Mm -hmm. You feel like he's trying to help you when you're reading a book. And I thought, that's how I want to be. That's, I didn't think like in a fan, like as a young person, a fangirl way, I didn't think, oh, I want to, I thought I I wasn't like fangirling. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I want to be like this person. Yes. I want people, I want to make people feel how this person makes people makes me feel. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. And so yeah. I wanted to learn more about that. That is amazing. Isn't it? It's it's a gift. I mean, it's a gift, but honestly, it's something everyone can cultivate. I think mm-hmm. everyone can cultivate it because if you care enough to notice people because everyone just wants to be seen and valued and known and appreciated for who they are and how they're wired. Mm -hmm. And 
if if we can do that for someone else, that's really giving giving them a gift. It makes it about them, not about us. Yes. Yeah, that that's so powerful. Just being others focused and being value focused and really your overall pro- progression of of connecting. And I had no idea that you were going to beauty school at, at first, going to do hair stuff at first. Yeah, I did. I worked in a salon actually um, when I was young before I had kids. Awesome. So I still cut my whole family's hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. So you learn something new about a person. Yeah, that's super <laughs> cool. I love it. I love it. So what, at what point did you think about starting a business or kind of going on your own? Um, I think because I, I dropped out of college after one semester mm-hmm. and, um, because I, I went there for graphic arts mm-hmm. and I wasn't able, I, I wasn't able to t- start taking graphic art classes until yeah. I was going to be a junior in college. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like in an anthropology class, I'm in mm-hmm. a math class, I'm in an English class. And there was, uh, some other class. I can't remember what it was. But I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> I have to take these classes for two more years before oh, I can even get my hands, you know, mm. in the, in the art room. Yeah. And so, um, I just, I quit after a semester and my dad really gave me the gift. He said, you know, Tracy, you're really good with hair and school is not for everyone. Yeah. And maybe, you know, all your friends from the time I was a sophomore in high school, freshman in high school my friends I was doing my friend's hair I was cutting hair I didn't even know how to cut hair but I was still cutting people's hair (laughs) and um and so he said why don't you get your license for that and so when I left college for that I thought to myself one day I'll own a business Mm. and I thought it would be a salon but I knew I wanted to have a bunch of babies Mm. and so I thought um my husband and I when we got married I was 20 And so I thought that's pretty young. And I knew I wanted to have a lot of babies. And so I thought down the road, once they get into school, then I'll open a business, a salon. Mm. So I started listening to John because I thought down the road, I'm going to open a salon. So I might as well start learning from him while I'm raising my kids. Wow. And I had my, I had my license already and I would, I cut hair out of my home. And so, um, I kind of had a little traveling salon. So we'd go to people's homes and cut like a whole family's hair. Wow. So, um, yeah. So I thought, well, down the road, I'll own a business, uh, like a salon. So I might as well start learning about business. And that's kind of set me on my path. I've never owned a salon. Eventually I opened up a, um, a health and wellness business to help people with their weight loss. But, um, yeah, I, I never a salon to this day. Don't rule it out yet. I'm not. I was gonna say, is it is it in the future? <laughs> yeah, you never know with me. <laughs> <laughs> that, so. that's, that's really cool. I know you just talked about the the health and wellness stuff. So were you did you start doing some of that stuff as you were doing the salon and what kind of made cause you to dive more into it um, how did you even stumble upon it you know I was active I played sports I did cheerleading when I was in mm-hmm. school and then when I, before I had kids I taught aerobics 
aerobics. Oh, wow. Such old terminology. <laughs> but I used to teach aerobics um, in a gym before I had kids. Mm-hmm. And then once I had kids, I can remember when, so I have four biological kids and two adopted kids, but there's uh-huh. like, when kid number four was eight is when we brought our youngest two kids home and we adopted mm. them at the same time. So when kid number four was, I, I joined LA fitness. We lived in Los Angeles at the yeah. time and I joined LA fitness and I went in there. Now I'm like a p- sloppy ponytail on the, I've got four kids. I barely can make it to the gym. I've got a <laughs> sloppy ponytail on the side of my head, a big baggy t-shirt mitt, like I just look like a slob and I come into the gym to exercise. Right. But it's in the height. It's LA fitness. It's in the height of like, I didn't realize that's like a pickup place. Oh, I go in and everyone's dressed up and fancy leotards. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is not actually what I was thinking. (laughs) I mean, the workout was good, but it was just like, it was intimidating for me mm. and I had to drive through traffic off two freeways in order to get to the gym. Oh wow! And so um, it just wasn't realistic for me. And so I was just really praying, praying about it. I was a runner. I would run and um, my husband and I played in a couple different soccer leagues. I'm not super good, but I loved the game. Yeah. So we played fun. in a co-ed league and I played in a women's league and that kept, kept me in shape. And then I had had gestational diabetes with my fourth pregnancy. Oh, wow. And so that puts you at risk of getting, having diabetes later. Mm. And so um, I found an infomercial for this guy, Tony Horton, and oh, wow. who's the creator of P90X. Yeah. And I, it was bef- this program right before P90X. And so I thought it was money back guarantee. And so I said to my husband, let's just do this. Mm. It was workout at home. I like the safety of that, you know, the safety of that. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. drive anywhere. I could do it in wearing mismatched clothes. It didn't matter if I had my ponytail was on the side of my head and I could do it around nap time. And so we did that program to the letter and it taught us how to like eat, feed our family nutritious meals, not just like fast meals for a big family. Mm. It taught us like, it taught us, I was open to it. I just didn't know. And so, um, it taught, it taught us so much. And so it just ignited a fire in me to like, oh my gosh, if all my mom friends could know, you know, we got really sculpted and had all the, I went from being really tired all the time to just really having great energy. And it was because I was suddenly eating well. And Mm. so that kind of set me on the path to when they became, um, they went from an infomercial company to a network marketing company. Mm. And they asked, our CEO asked me if I would help him launch that into the network marketing. And I was really like, I don't know. I didn't really want to do network marketing, to be honest, Mm. because but I believed in it. And so I decided to just do it my, in my own way. And that okay. was just share what I was, what worked for us yeah. and our team just exploded. Wow. So, yeah. And then we were off and running. Almost literally, right? Literally. Almost <laughs> 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 literally. Yes. Um, almost literally. <laughs> But yeah, we launched it as a network marketing company and the day, the founders meeting for that was the day before Casey and I left, um, for Ethiopia to bring home our number five and number six, our fifth and six kids. We, we call them by numbers. We're like, number three is 
I talked to number three today <laughs> or things like from Dr. Seuss, we call yes. it thing one and thing two and thing then just and going and now they're like things, thing five is, have you talked to thing five today? <laughs> one year we got them all jammies. They're like thing one, thing two, thing three, <laughs> That is so funny. Oh my gosh. So anyway. And the Man. rest is history. Yeah, it just and then I used John's stuff because I everything I learned, I'd use mm-hmm. John Maxwell Maxwell's stuff to to start building my team and training my team mm-hmm. because it's all relationships and that's relationship yeah. business. And so, um, and then that's how. So I always say like John's book got me books and trainings taught me how to um, prepared me for building my business and then building Mm. my business. I kept saying to our CEO, let's bring in John Maxwell. Let's bring in John Maxwell as our keynote. And then that prepared, they brought him in. And then Uh I met John and John was like, Tracy, you know what? I pray for God to bring me people. And I believe we're supposed to, we're going to meet work together. And I was like, what? I thought like, that's a, that's a nice thing to say. (laughs) We're going to work together. Like John Maxwell means that (laughs) he really meant it. Yeah. Cause then I showed up the next event and he's like, Tracy. And then they asked me to like do, he, he's, he asked if, how he could serve me and my team. And he started mentoring me and my team. And then they asked me to start, they said, you and John really work well together. Would you, we're going to do these live calls. Would you start hosting his calls? Wow. And so then they asked me to host this and then they asked me to host that. And then it was like, all the things he was doing, I started hosting. And so it's been, it'll be 10 years that That's so I've been with Beachbody. This is my 20 year anniversary. And this congratulations. Is my and thank you. And this is my 10 year anniversary with John. So Man, congratulations. Thanks. That is, that is that is so remarkable how those two things tie together. I know you're, you're still doing a, a lot of stuff with Beachbody. Karen, I know uh, uh, but I don't know. Does it look a little bit different now? Because you, I know between that and the stuff you have going on with John, and like, what is a if there is a typical day or week for you? What does that look like for you? <laughs> oh my goodness! So let me just say, Beachbody is changing its name, and I have oh. I have to say I'm so grateful for that because when I first started it, I never heard Beachbody. Mm. I just heard Beachbody, like. Nike. And so, Uh, but the older I get, the older I get, the more I hear beach body, uh, like a beach body. And so they're, they're changing it to body. And I like that. I like that because um, it's about your body. It's taking care of your body. It's taking care of, it's taking care of you. It's a part of your, a part of your life. And Mm. um, we should pay attention to our body. And so I love that. I love the aha moments for people. Fitness never became, you know, with all the times that I worked with Tony Horton, um, of which by the way, I just love that guy. I just, he's just the real deal. You know, mm-hmm. he really is somebody who cares. He was, he was skinny in growing up and had coaches who were mean to him and yelled at him. And that just oh, wasn't man. inspiring to him. Mm. And he said, you know, I was picked on and bullied as a kid. And I always dreamed of creating something that was for everyone, no matter what wow. size you were, whether you were too big or too little or too. He said, I had a speech impediment as a kid. Wow. And so 
He has a heart literally to create fitness for everyone that everyone gets to play. And mm. that's really how it should be. Yeah. I mean, every, there should be a place for everybody at the table, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that still is a part of what I do because I believe fitness will always be a part of what I do because the, when I'm healthy and fit in this one and only body that I get in mm. this whole life, mm. I, it has to last me my whole life. You know, if my don't, if I don't take care of my car, I can buy a new car. If I don't yeah. take care of my body, it's broken down for the rest of my life. Wow. And so, um, I've already had thyroid cancer and I've had my thyroid removed and I know what your health, it just makes your health all the more realize how important it is. You get wow. one body for your whole life. And so yeah. the more healthy I am, the more, the better I am, the better I show up as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, yeah. as a leader, as a team leader. And so, yeah, so my, you know, the, I will always have a hand in helping people f- create a space in their life to take care of them. Mm. It doesn't have to be extreme. It yeah. just has to be some part of your day where you're taking care of yourself. Um, yeah. And then with John, I feel like that's then the next step because mm. leading before you lead people, you have to lead yourself. Yes. And Cause that was the first person before I led anybody else. I just practiced on me, mm. I practiced on me. And then I practiced in my family and then I practiced in my community and at my church and all the places where other people were. Yeah. And then I practiced it as I tried to build a business. And so that is what I want to share with people is that anybody can do that. Whether mm. you're the CEO in the C-suite of a big fancy high rise, or you're just getting started, or you have a dream to get started. Mm. Anybody can grow to that next person and if it best love next best version of themselves. And if they have a big dream for themselves, just take that next step and mm. take that next step. Cause I never set out to work with Tony Horton and I never set out to work with John Maxwell. That was not ever, ever on my radar. Maybe some mm. people have that on their radar. Mm. For me, that was not my, on my radar. My radar was like, I just want to be better. I just want to mm. grow. I do not want to stay the same. Yeah. And so anyway, my, my typical days, my days are not super typical, but I do <laughs> like, <laughs> I do if when I'm home, um, this is my office in my home. So, and just down the hall, um, is my husband's office at home. So we both work from home and that's right. the first time we've just worked from home together in the last three years. He always worked outside the home. So when we moved oh. to Colorado three years ago, Uh, It's great because we were co-workers. Let me just tell you, he is such a noisy co-worker. (laughs) He taps when he gets stressed, he taps and he cranks up his rock music. And I'm like, I'll text him. Uh, I can you please turn your music down with a smiley face or like kissy lips trying, trying to be nice. And he's like sad face or a thumbs down. Like you're ruining all my fun. (laughs) (laughs) But we usually will wake up and different times in the summertime, the first thing we do is the first thing we, I do is I make my bed. And I always tell people mm. the first, John always says, get a win under your belt. And mm-hmm. the first way you get a win under your belt is making your bed. And it seems like a small thing, but I taught this to all six of my kids. My oldest son is turning 30 this year and my youngest is 17. And I always say a, a, an, a life of order begins with a made bed. 
It's the first mm. win you can get because at any time when your life, when your brain is full of clutter, when your office is full of clutter, when your things are happening in your life, if you can go back into your room and your room is in order, mm. there's just a space in your life where there's order in your yeah. life. And it's the first thing that you can do. So I usually I'll make my bed and then we'll either take our dog for the walk for a walk. If our we- if yeah. our weather's nice, but if it's not, I will j- throw on my workout clothes and head out and in, into my garage gym and work. I've transformed a little corner of my garage into a gym and I'll awesome. get my work workout in and then shower and head down to my office and have a little quiet time. Awesome. And then I usually have calls, calls scheduled. I'll do some writing on my um, computer for some, for Maxwell stuff. I'll check in with my fitness groups and um, usually my day goes pretty much scheduled calls, booked calls or working on my computer all day, either a training that I'm going to do. I have to write up something or I have to record something for something with Maxwell and um and then in the evening time, Casey and I, if we didn't walk in the morning, we'll take a walk with our dog mm-hmm. in the evening and have family dinner together and, um, and then just have a chill evening because my word for the year is boundaries. And mm-hmm. so that boundaries is for me because yeah. I tend to like max out my life and overextend myself. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that works when I was, it worked better when I was younger but the older I get, like I find the last few months of the year, every year I'm sick, like November and December, Mm -hmm. I'm sick as a dog. So Casey's like, you need to, you need more margin in your life. You, Mm. if your life was a piece of paper, you cover every bit (laughs) of that paper. (laughs) He's like, you need margins, you need margins in your life. And so my word is boundaries to put boundaries on myself, not Mm. with people. It's boundaries on myself and learning to say no. And that choosing what's best and not all the good things that are going on, but choosing what's best and being wise with how I, how I schedule and spend my time. So I've given a few people permission to ask me. (laughs) And so you can ask me, Paul, when you see me at the different IMC events, you could say, how are you doing Tracy with your boundaries? I give you permission because it's it's important for people to ask me because it keeps, I don't want to have to say to somebody I'm doing terrible. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah. 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 So. Well, I love it. I love it. And you were, I know you were telling me earlier that you and Casey are celebrating 32 years this year, right? It'll be 33. Oh, 33 this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I I just wanted to mention that because I know you recently became, along with all the other stuff you've been doing, you recently became an author last year and had this amazing book that is, let's see if I can get that in focus for people. You are so nice. (laughs) Real life marriage. It's and for the, for everyone listening, those on YouTube, wherever you're you're listening, I say it's the most relatable marriage book and just really down to earth because I we were talking about this right before that some of the other marriage books I've read they kind of feel like more abstract and they don't really talk about the the details or how you can really apply a lot of things I, I really love I love this book thank you so much I appreciate that you know that book is um I I didn't 
the whole reason I set out to write it was because it marriage was hard for us in the first few years, not because we didn't love each other. We absolutely loved each other. We were just, we are just so different. And now I feel like there's so much more personal development and so much of a focus on growth. Mm. But when we got married, we got married in 1990. And, um, I, I guess if you were going to read a book, you're going to go to the library or you were going to have word of mouth, or you were going to hear about it in a Bible study group, or you Mm -hmm. were going to go to the bookstore and scan the shelves or find it at Costco. And what I found was being people of faith, the, the, the church books, the books that we read by Christian authors, there were good ones, definitely. Mm -hmm. And there were little nuggets that we could pull, but Mm -hmm. what we, what I found was like, we were more messy than the people in the books. I felt like mm-hmm. it was harder for us to navigate some of the things that mm-hmm. were in our life. Yeah. And, and not that they were terrible. It's just, we were just so different and just basic things of living together with someone who's different. And we view things so differently that we, some of the most common things of living with another person who's wired differently than you was mm-hmm. just difficult really difficult. And part of it was our personality. You know, Mm -hmm. I, what we thought, even, even what we, what in my mind, I thought he should be as the man and I should be as the woman. Mm. I I am different than I even thought I should be. And so Mm -hmm. I was trying to hold myself back and be different and Mm -hmm. push him to be more like how I'm actually wired. Yeah, And he's not wired like me at all. And so I'm trying to make him be almost like a puppet and hold myself back from being myself, uh, something what I thought I should be, you know, mm-hmm. it was a whole mess. And so we, I read all these books and we went, we studied and we kept working at it. And mm-hmm. it was like, we pulled all of these tools from all these different places. Mm-hmm. And that's what this book is, is all the things that was like, it finally clicked. Mm-hmm. If you grab all these different tools and you apply them and you go, okay, personality assessment. Mm-hmm. love language assessment. Yes. And just those two things alone, understanding that I don't have to be anything other than how God made me. Yes. And he doesn't have to be anything other than how God made him. And guess mm-hmm. what? We're actually in our differences perfect for one another. We mm-hmm. are the perfect complement to one another mm-hmm. because where I'm weak, he's strong and where he's strong, where he's weak, I'm strong. And so we we cover one another. And mm. so I can lean into him and he is so strong there. And mm. just, we started having conversations. I can remember we were on our elbows in our bed one night, reading this book and about personalities, reading about ourselves to each other. <laughs> and I put the book down and I can see it like it was yesterday. And it was multiple years ago, maybe 18 years ago. And I just looked at him and he goes, we're not crazy. I mean, and it's how sad is that? We've been married probably yeah. thir- 12 or 13 years, mm. but he said, we're not crazy. And I'm like, can you believe what this book is saying? It's like, mm. she knows us. And it was, we felt so free. And here's what I, th- I'm going to show you something. This is, what oh. I keep on, this is what I keep by my office, by my desk. And I keep this because- yeah. Because do you remember one of, do you, did you ever have one of these? You might be too young. Did you ever have oh, one yeah, of these? I, I your locks? Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I did. And for those on the, yeah, those on listening, she's holding up a combination lock. Oh yeah. For those of you who are listening, it's a combination lock. Hear that? But <laughs> can you hear that? I don't know if you can hear. 
<laughs> I think the Did noise he? cancellation is that way to come. Oh yeah, that's true. That's terrible. Okay, I'm just spinning a lock now. I'll just tell you step by step what I'm doing. But <laughs> why I love this locker combination, it reminds me first of all of like PE, which was terrible anyway. But <laughs> when you had to like change into your PE clothes, but mm-hmm. what what I think of those those assessments and when you learn about one another and mm-hmm. then you share what that about one another is it's like you are decoding one another. And every time you find out more about one another, you are one step closer to unlocking the true, your true self. Wow. And so, so many times you feel locked up. You feel like things are, are, you can't, you aren't open to one another because you don't even know yourself and you haven't figured yourself out. And you're trying to figure out that person Hmm. and you don't even know yourself. So as you learn about one another and yourselves and you share that openly, you unlock one another and assessments to me, every time you do it, it's like you get the next number. And I, I Mm. feel like that this is uh, this little locker lock is always a reminder to me that, you know, every time we learn something more about one another, we are opening one another up to, to one another. The other thing I want to say about this book it's called real life marriage and you can get it on Amazon. But the, the, the other thing I want to say about it is that it gives you practical things at the end of every chapter to get together and talk about and discuss on mm. like a date or when you sit down with one another mm. so that it's not just that you're reading it. Now, maybe one of you is a reader and one of you, one of you isn't. I'm the reader of our couple and Casey isn't. So in our situation, if it was us, I would be the one who was reading the book. He might read it eventually, but I would be the one who was reading it. And then I would take those questions and say, hey, I'm going to read this book and I'm going to share it with you. What do you think? And we'll talk about it at dinner. And he would say, yeah, that sounds good. And so then I wouldn't twist everything to my side. Mm -hmm. I would say, this is what I'm learning. And -hmm. I would share it with him. And then we would discuss it. And he was very open to that discussion because- it was, it was, we would find such interesting things from books. And so this mm-hmm. book, I thought I wanted it to be the same thing. I wanted it to be where it gets couples talking mm-hmm. about the things we need to be talking about. And too, mm-hmm. too often we aren't talking about the things that we need to be talking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I hope if you are a member of a couple, whether you've been married for a really long time or you just got married or you're thinking about getting married, seriously dating and considering getting engaged, Um, I have kids, I have a kid who's engaged. I have kids who are newly married. I have kids Mm -hmm. who've been married for a while. And I've got one who is, has a serious girlfriend and he's, they're deciding whether or not they're going to get married. And Mm -hmm. so all of them have, are going through this book and, um, and because it's, you know, we tell how we messed up, but it's also tells you, Hey, you aren't the only one you, you won't be as screwed up as us. <laughs> so, so enter, enter feeling free to know it's okay. If you're a little bit messy, cause everybody's messy. Mm-hmm. And, um, the idea is to navigate your way to finding your way in your couple. I love it. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, the application piece and yeah I and yeah between me and my wife Jabria I I'm the, the reader uh so like going mm-hmm. through it and just talking about it discussing things and even just like I, I like what you talk about leading to the different our differences and the personality yes. assessments I, I think that's that's really key because I know 
I were, I don't know how many people on the podcast are familiar with the five love languages, but that was one of the, the first assessments we did. And we realized that like just the way we show love and the way we want to receive love was not, the, we're same on like one of them, but most of it was like totally different, like almost reverse. <laughs> Which can be hard, isn't it? Yeah. So what's yours? What's your Mine number one? Is, yeah, mine is uh, quality time. Okay. And like, and is number one, and then like words of appro- aff- um, out affirmation. Okay, that's two. my number one. Mm-hmm. And what is your wife's number one? Her, hers number one is uh, physical touch. Okay. And um, the second one, I'm trying to think. It's not gifts. Uh, we were like both pretty low on gifts. Oh, it was, it was acts of service. Is the second. Oh, one. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what is pers- like physical touch in your list? Do you remember? Is it's it like, like I think it's 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 like tied for last. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so this is this is okay. This is a great example. Yeah. So what we would have is like if your number one is physical touch and the other person's is tied for last, mm-hmm. then do you see how easy that can be for somebody to feel unloved? Mm-hmm. And you're giving compliments and you're spending time with her. Mm-hmm. And you're loving her the best way you know how. You're mm. giving her your whole heart mm. with your time and your words. But if she doesn't feel you putting your arm around her, rubbing her shoulder, playing mm. with her hair, mm. p- rubbing her feet while you're watching a movie or d- just touching, yeah, then she can actually feel completely unloved. Yeah. And that's how it was for us too. Mine mm. is words of affirmation. That's his dead last. And so, and his is acts of service. And that was mine. Mine was, that was dead last for me. Mm -hmm. So he would do things for me and I would say nice words to him. And we were loving each other the way we wanted to receive love. Mm -hmm. And neither of us were getting our cups filled. Mm -hmm. And so when we realized he thought I was like, I had to practically beg for a compliment. And because that just wasn't, he was showing me mm-hmm. by, by acts of service. Mm-hmm. And so there are so many couples who are loving each other with everything they have. And mm-hmm. the, it's like, they are literally speaking in a different language and mm-hmm. the other person doesn't, isn't feeling it at all. Yeah. And this can also be if you have children then. So by the time you have kids, When I read this book, I already had kids. I had a teenager. So she was 15 and I was like, I had to go and apologize because I also love to give gifts. That's Mm -hmm. one of my expressive ways. Mm -hmm. So how I like to receive it is like words of affirmation and physical touch. Mm -hmm. But one of my giving is like one of the ways I show love is giving gifts. Mm -hmm. So there's like how you give love and then how you like to receive love. Yeah, yeah. So I would like buy her things and she wanted quality time. Mm. And that was like my, that was tied for last for me. <laughs> and so, and so I had to go back to her and apologize and say, I'm realizing that if you can go back and say, every time I bought you a gift, that was me taking you out for coffee or sitting one-on-one mm. with you, or like, I'm going to do better moving forward. Every one of my kids has a different love language. Every one of my kids has a different personality. So remembering, oh, have I given that kid a back rub because 
he's really physical touch. Mm. He loves to have his head scratched or played mm-hmm. with his hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this one really wants to go out to coffee, just me and that, that kid. Mm-hmm. And this one really wants, if I buy this kid something, then they feel really loved. Mm-hmm. It's, is it hard? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> because you are doing something that is, it is not natural for you. It's, mm-hmm. it's asking you to do something, but that's what love is. Mm-hmm. loving them in a way that speaks to their heart. And so it's a huge lesson, but the first person we practice with is our spouse or significant other. Mm-hmm. And then eventually if children should enter into the picture, then, then it can work for that too. And it can also work in the workplace. I mean, there's love languages at work because it's also how you like to be celebrated. Oh yeah. Physical sure. touch doesn't mean rubbing your feet in the workplace. <laughs> Physical touch means like, do you like someone to grab you on the shoulder or pat you on the back or uh, shake yeah. your hand or give you a hug, an mm-hmm. appropriate hug. But <laughs> like, you know, people understanding that one of the first things John Maxwell asked me, he and Mark Cole, when I first started working at Maxwell leadership, it was mm-hmm. what are your, what are your top two love languages, Tracy? Mm-hmm. And, and they are so good to give me words of affirmation because they took a note of it and and they immediately applied it and have for the last 10 years. That's impressive. Wow. That's that creates a space where you want to work. Yeah. That creates a space where you feel valued and seen mm-hmm. and recognized. And and again, what I same thing I said when I was 21. I want I, when I see John, I don't go, oh, John is the greatest person. Like idolize him. I think he what a wonderful example. I want to be that. I want to make other people feel that way. Mm. And so I don't, you know, I have so many times I quote him and I, I fear, fear people are thinking, I think he's God or something. No, not at all. (laughs) I think he is a wonderful example of how to make people feel valued. And that's what I want to do for other people. So I love learning from him because he's such a great example. Yes. And it's even, it's really impressive for me. And I know you see it firsthand, like close quarters, like how he's always continuing to learn after all these years, like all the stuff he's poured out, he could just sit back and just not do anything, but he's just continuing to learn. Totally. Yesterday was his 76th birthday and he's still learning. And, And I, so I sent him a birthday text and he sent me back a picture that Mark Cole clearly took from behind it's John and his interpreter standing next to him from behind and this huge, beautiful auditorium full of people in Vietnam. And he's like, thank you so much for the birthday wishes. I just spoke to 3000 leaders in Vietnam. And I'm like, wow. when you could be doing anything you wanted for yourself, yeah, you gave of yourself because he pays his own way when he goes to those things. Wow, you gave of yourself to go and and serve people wow. across the world on your birthday, rather than have your friends and family throw you a big extravagant party. Man, that's impressive to yes. me. Yes, that's that's live. That's walking your talk. That's yeah. not like. Oh, sometimes I do the good thing. And sometimes I, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he walks that talk consistently year after year. And again, that's an example that I want to follow and want to do for other people too. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I I have nothing else to say about that. That's that's I so know it kind of does it quiets your spirit because you think, gosh, I want to I want to do I want to do that. And there's a cost to that. Mm. You know, there's a cost. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, we're about out of time. It is it's flown by, but I know. I don't know. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you you want to talk about <laughs> oh gosh i don't know we could talk about you how are you doing in 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 your first year of marriage it is it's it's overall great but as like we were talking about before it's just learning like how just learning each other really yeah. it's like different when you're in dating than when you're married and then for us, I think it was even more different because we were long distance for a long time. Oh, right. Yeah. Did you have sisters growing up? I had one sister and she was the youngest. Okay. And yeah. how much younger than you was she? Uh, seven years. Okay. So at least you know what it is to live with a girl. Yeah. Because because I say that, that it seems kind of silly, but... At the same time, so my two daughters who have gotten married mm -hmm. have both married men who only have brothers. Oh, wow. So they are in, they have been in for a rude awakening when they're suddenly living with a girl who's not their mom. Because <laughs> it's a lot, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things. The benefit of having a sister as a man, you just don't even realize until you get married and you're like, oh, of course, you know, that stuff yeah. um, that there, there are things that you don't realize when you have just grown up with a house full of boys. So um, anyway, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a learning curve to being married. I mean, it's a lifetime of a learning curve, truly. Yes. It's merging your life with another person for life takes a lot of intention mm. and, um, and it's hard, but it's good hard because my grand my grandparents were married when my grandfather passed away. They were married just shy of seventy three years. Wow. Yeah, and so they had great stories to tell. I mean, it was there was very hard at times for them. They had nine children, <clears throat> and um, and they had hard years they were very poor when my mom was growing up but I can just remember and now my parents have been married 64 years 65 64 65 years awesome. and, and just before we came here I texted you and said I'm gonna go help my parents with something and I went over yeah. to their house and I they just like they have they have both them and my grand grandparents have said, you know, when you just put so when you put take the time and you stay and you work it out with one person for life, mm. you are go you're gonna grow in different ways. I mean, you are gonna grow apart. I think it's crazy to think two people who get married, no matter what age you're at, that you get married, that you wouldn't grow apart. Everyone's gonna grow apart. The the mm. point is that. You're going to grow and morph into two totally different people, better versions of yourself, hopefully. Mm. And the, the intention is to continue to grow back to each other as you're growing and morphing in these two different directions. Yeah. And, and it becomes so much richer 
a, a relationship becomes so much richer after you weather those storms and you grow back to one another for life. And then the memories that you have the other day, I said to Casey, and then we can close out on, but he said something. We were watching a, a, a movie while we were eating dinner. And I said, what was that thing? And that's literally all I said. And he goes, oh, it was this. And, and I, and he was right. He answered me. And I said, that's so funny that you could tell by the tone that I said, what was that thing that you knew what I was talking about and that you answered me exactly right. That is two people. We've been living together for 32 and a half years, (laughs) but I just thought like, that's one of those, that's one of the value of like one more little teeny tiny value of really staying through. We have had really hard, hard, hard days in this marriage, but we've Mm. stayed and we worked it through and we fought for one another as we fought with one another. Mm. And now we're at that stage of life that it's like, we're finishing each other's sentences and we, how he knew what I was saying, I have no idea, but he was spot on. So anyway, I, in this modern world where people will say, you know, oh, it's just two special people who found each other. It, it isn't. It's really two people. If you're willing to work it through, you can, even the most different of people, you can really, you can really make something so amazing and it's worth it. I will say it is so, so worth it. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. So I want to make sure people can connect with you uh, with all the different stuff you're doing. So, Oh yeah, that would be so great. Well, my book is on Amazon and then my website, it's called Real Life Marriage by Tracy Morrow and Tracy is with an I. People always miss that. They get it with a Y. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks mom and dad for that. Um, Spelling my name with an I. But, um, and then you can find me on, in, on Instagram is where I, I, I am T-R-A-C-I and then Morrow. And then I am, and then tracymorrow.com is where I have, you can sign up for newsletters and I send out stuff about health and wellness and leading yourself and events that we're doing and how, when I do mentoring events. And so, um, yeah, I, I answer, you know, I answer all of my stuff, it takes a while sometimes if I'm traveling or whatever, but I do answer myself. I don't have a team that answers for me because oh, wow. that's the piece I love. I like the piece of interacting with people. So mm. it might take a little while, but I will be the one who answers you back. So reach that's out awesome. and follow. And I would love to make that connection with people. So awesome. Thank you for having me on, Paul. That's I cool. really appreciate it. You yeah. are incredible, Paul. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast. I know there's so many other things you can be doing and uh, you have a big family and a big heart. And it's just been a pleasure. Every time I see you, whether it's on conferences or the first time I saw you, uh, I think it was during the IMC, uh, there was like the the time you could just connect with the host. And yeah. I know you and Neil were on there and I connected with you. Just the, the joy you bring to the room is remarkable. Oh, well, are you going to be there this time? I, I won't be at IMC about that. Okay. Well, not in March. I'm trying to get, be there um, in August, in but, August. I will, but I will be at Live to Lead for sure in October. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Yes, please come up. Definitely. Yes, yes. For sure. That's such a small event. That's a great event. So 
yeah, yeah. it's I, I like it i like it. but yeah i'm i need to get to an imc it didn't work out for this this march but i want to be there in august for sure good good yeah. i love it well great yeah, so it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And for everyone that's been listening, I hope you learned from Tracy's story, just just valuing life, going through and being intentional about developing and just enjoying life in general, like from what you were doing with doing hair to the beach body <laughs> stuff to uh, working with John Maxwell, still work with beach body or body to, to be body <laughs> at John right. Maxwell. It's, it's just awesome. So uh, help oh. everyone enjoy the podcast and see, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time and be incredible. 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 incredible.